Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is a comedian, an artist, and the host of the Nerd Goat podcast. His YouTube channel is Reboot It. Ed Greer is with us, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Ed. Hey, what is up, guys? Thank you so much for having me on, Dave. It's uh, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's great to have you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. I, I actually have some art-specific questions that we may get into later this hour. But first, also joining us, she is a comedian, a writer, an actress, a tracker. Always a pleasure to have her with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Clee Wiggins. Welcome, Clee. Hello. Joining you from the other room next to Ed. <laughs> So yeah, funny it's every time we do this. It, no, I, I, it cracks me up. Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a brief <laughs> moment of tech support going on before we started recording, mm-hmm. and uh, it is, it's just, it's so enjoyable to see people in in two separate windows, <laughs> and one of them, hang on, and then bam, right there. Uh, so <laughs> it's, you know. Just a, a little after to go with the morning coffee. So thank you for that. And uh, thanks for being here. As always, we are also joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. It is always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people and to my people. Good to see you guys. Always. <laughs> you Yes. Yes. It's always good to see him on this Saturday. Yes. (laughs) And it is a good week to be seen. It has been a crazy week. You know, we, we are not alone amongst the people who have talked about like the crazy time warp that is both Trump time and COVID time. But there's, there's shit that happened like two days ago that feels like it was months. So we will we will try and capture the the wonder and confusion of the week. But first, did I even say who I am? No, I didn't. I'm Dr. David Robinson. No, you always. I, you know, it's I'm just that humble. I'm Dr. <laughs> David Robinson. I'm your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. Fingers crossed for the current one as well. And as I was just rambling on about, we do have so much to talk about. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. 
unmitigated spread. It's time for a second peak. And the newest hotspot in the nation, not for nightlife, but for COVID transmission, is the White House, uh, which is fascinating, makes it that much more important to note that it is 24 days until the election. Today is World Mental Health Day, which feels like that's pretty much been every day. Also, this is this is like a twofer that kind of confused me. It's it's National Angel Food Cake Day, which is weird because not knowing that when I was shopping earlier this week, I did spend a little time like in the in the cake box section looking at the angel food cake on. You know, I haven't had one of those in a while. And the the thing about angel food cake is it's lovely in its simplicity, but today is also National Cake Decorating Day, which I mean, gilding the lily with angel food cake, right? You don't need that. It's just my thought. I want Ed to get into cake decorating. What's that, Clay? No. Yeah, I want Ed to get into cake decorating. Because you guys don't know, but Ed is taking up baking during quarantine. Hey. What? What's this world coming to, brother? You just doing (laughs) mostly cookies and cornbread. Oh, I I knew cornbread was going to be in there. I knew. (laughs) But he has made probably about five or six batches of oatmeal cookies from scratch. Nice. Clee is rubbing off on you, Ed. Well, no, (laughs) guys, guys. Yeah, I know that you're you're doing the chef thing. You're cutting meat. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't no. say, and it's like, I want some cookies. I'm like, well, make them yourself. It's like, oh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, it's just, it's, uh, and sometimes, guys, sometimes it's just an Occam's razor sort of thing. I was researching ways to get fatter quicker, and that was just the way. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the exact plan. This is like reverse keto. There you um, go. So, so, yeah, I just, yeah. I think, you know, you could be on to something. I've been, uh, threatening for years to launch a denial coach business sort of like to counteract all the life coaches that we have in the LA area. So maybe uh, if I get that off the ground, if you could be the personal trainer to go along with the plan, <laughs> you know? So. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Like what are you doing up and about? Sit down. Where's your PlayStation controller? <laughs> Damn it. I slap it into the hands. I'm like, no, look, sit there at the loading screen. Don't even play a game. But that use too much calories. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, yeah, you're hired. Let's do this because a, a lot of people don't understand the magic of denial coaching. Like, you're, if you don't understand the idea, your denial coach is the person who you call at 6 a.m. because you're worried because you feel like going to work. And as as your denial coach, I would say, shit. Now, go back to bed. Call me back in two hours, and then we're going to the beach. Which, it's a little difficult to find these these avoidance activities in these times of COVID, but that's why you need a licensed professional such as myself to guide you through this. Speaking of the COVID times, it is time to check the numbers, and uh, let's see what's going on here. Timpani. As of today... We have 213,713 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 7,708,300 confirmed cases. So congratulations, America. We're, we're doing something. I, I don't. I, 
I don't know what it is. Uh, but I did notice as we were starting to record, uh, got the headline that popped up on my phone that Donald Trump has made his first public appearance since being diagnosed, if you don't count the uh, the little OJ joyride. But yeah, so I guess that means we get at least six more weeks of COVID. So thank you, <laughs> super spreader. Good old groundhog. <laughs> yeah. Good old groundhog, boy. I mean, can you, can, but can you imagine, can you imagine Obama, Obama decided to go glad hand in the hood, like, hey, Obama, stay in the house, stay in the house, do not go glad hand in the hood, do not do the New Jack City and hand out turkeys so that they'll love you, don't do that, this is not the time to do that, and Obama goes, screw you guys, and Moon walks over to the late, the, 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 the nearest ghetto and starts has, handing out the turkeys, just handing out the turkeys, he has a turkey dance, he's, he's got a viral TikTok video of him doing that, he has all the people rally around him to do all that crap, and then he takes some COVID back to the White House and gets everybody in the damn cabinet and all the, the chiefs of staff sick the damn general who knows where the aliens is at is coughing <laughs> over in the corner because of this fool you know what i'm saying yeah can you just imagine that can you imagine that well you know looking looking especially at what uh, mitch mcconnell and Lindsey graham are trying to do with the supreme court that's one of the things that i i think is so fascinating about the, the way this campaign is running and the way the, the government is running and the idea that Trump way back when, towards the beginning of this whole thing, was trying to knock down the number of tests. Because as he correctly pointed out, when you have more tests, there are more cases. Now, he had an issue with causation and correlation there, uh, like not understanding that that no, when we test more people, we find out whether or not more people are healthy and they aren't, hence the bigger numbers. Whereas he seemed to think that, you know, more testing is, is how you get more cases. So now Lindsey Graham, who is the, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, is refusing to get a COVID test because he is most likely going to test positive considering his proximity and attachment well, he, to Donald Trump. And he so he also said he has not been to the White House or seen Donald Trump in person since early August because he doesn't trust the White well, House COVID protocol. That's what Mitch said. Mitch has yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if there's anyone who needs to get the virus, it's Mitch. But the the fact that Lindsay is is taking the la 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 I'm not listening to you approach to oh, to Lindsay. testing and safety, and that's ultimately what it comes down to is the the complete lack of concern for safety. It's you know, and I've talked about this like the past few weeks. It's like all these horrible horror. Well, I mean, some of them are good horror films, but when you put them in a practical real life context, that's when it gets horrible. It's like planet terror where it's like part of this zombie virus makes you want to give it to everybody, you know? And <laughs> he has literally, he has literally turned the white house into the ghetto. I mean, because to me, it's like the White House with all this infection and everybody catching something. And what? It's like rats and roaches now, man. It ain't even the White House. And the no big more. fence he put up around. Yeah, he got BLM a fence around. This summer. Well, yeah, the, the, I think they like, around the White House. in like, in hindsight, <laughs> I think they put the fence up to keep the raccoons in, so that way if Mike Huckabee comes by, they got something to feed them. 
But the the White House, oh, yeah. like you're talking about the rats and roaches. It's an old building. It's going to have them. But with the shutdown, Washington, D.C. has been overrun by rats that, you know, like we have this in L.A. with uh, mountain lions. When when there's a drought, you know, these mountain lions and, and well, cougars are mostly in the valley. Uh, but they, they're normally just hanging out in the forests, up in the hills, eating bunnies and stray pets mm. and what have you. But then there's a drought and their food sources dry up. And so they come down into the city to see what's happening. Same thing in D.C. with the rats. Like, the rats aren't getting their normal fast food trash diet fulfilled because everything's shut down. So they're just roaming the streets like gangs in the Warriors. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, there's coverage. One of the one of the reporters from CNN who like literally had to chase raccoons off before he started a live show. That shot. was the second time. That was the second time he got attacked. <laughs> yeah, New York City too. Maybe it's happening in New York City. And like yeah. when GMA Good Morning America shut down for one week at the beginning of the pandemic, and everybody was shooting from home, the entire cast. So like nobody was. And they came in and they came back to the studio, and it was a bunch of rats in the kitchen. This Times Square. ABC building across the street from the Disney store. Yeah. He said there was a bunch of rats just chilling, living, living there like it was their house. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> 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 hey, they was doing their own show. They was like, "Yeah, good morning, America. This is me from on top of an old piece of pizza." And I- <laughs> Oh, you're just shooting, doing the weather. Uh, it is cold and dank in the sewers. <laughs> we got a Rat King situation up around 49th and 5th. So uh, if you're going to be in the neighborhood, tuck your tail. Don't get caught in that. Yeah, you might you might want to scurry over the pipes on 57th Street. <laughs> scurry across the pipes on 57th Street. You'll avoid the, the Rat King situation. We're going to take a short break here. But when we come back, possums. Can we live with them? <laughs> hey, they get rid of ticks. They eat the ticks. Yeah. Possums, friend, or demon creature? <laughs> we'll tell you right after this commercial. I have a quick possum story. By the way, <laughs> wait, before back. before we get to your possum story, uh, just uh, right off the top of my head, one of the things, I think I might have mentioned this on the show last week, but talking about wildlife and stuff that, is making uh, more of an appearance since the the COVID started. I've I've lived in LA for like twenty years, and I've lived in my current apartment for either five or six years. But I have never, until like the the past month, I have never seen a praying mantis in real life, and. Mm. Uh, like they aren't like swarming my my porch but there's like usually two two or three that have been hanging out and you know i know we have like a mosquito problem in la now which we never had before and so much like we were talking about with the cougars and the rats and the raccoons there is there is a more abundant food source available so the predators are coming out but have you guys seen any like new or weird? I, I feel like I'm living in Stephen King's The Mist. 
at this point. <laughs> well, Ed doesn't really leave the house all that much. But I do remember when I first, when the, when the quarantine first started, maybe about a month into it, and it was still like there was nobody on the streets and, and whatnot, I went to the grocery store very, and this was like when the best time to go to the grocery store was like at, at like 8 o'clock. Like they let old people shop from like 7 to 8.30 and then everybody else should get, like, and you wanted to get in there early because food would be gone. Right. So I go to the grocery store and it was like 8 in the morning and I was get, driving up, and we live in the valley, and not that far from Studio City and Ventura Boulevard where the hills start on this side of, of L.A., and there was a full-on deer just walking down with the middle of Woodman Avenue, which is a busy street. Like, it's my hobby, Wilshire Boulevard. Just walking down the street like he owned the place. Just, just here looking around. Like, just looking around. Like, yo, yo, <laughs> anyone around here like, got a pool? There is a full-on, like, deer just <laughs> chilling on Woodman Avenue. <laughs> That's... The car's just slowing down like, is that a goddamn deer? <laughs> <laughs> like down the middle of the street not even like on the sidewalk or off to the side the it's a it's a four lane avenue you know down the middle that's that's <laughs> that's the thing with wildlife just no respect for traffic laws uh it was just like second they were like the humans are inside <laughs> it is ours now oh Bam, bambi goes to the city it's uh it's going to be co-opted by Disney. You'll, you'll see that deer working in the Disney store across from uh, the ABC building in Times Square. All the humans <laughs> disappearing and the, and the animals are just like, they're gone. They're gone. Which, well, speaking of, of animals, uh, let's, what's, what's your possum story? Oh, so when I first moved to L.A. in 2009, I lived in an apartment still here in the valley, but over like closer to North Hollywood, in North Hollywood. And there was another comedian who lived in the apartment below me and he used to come up to my apartment all the time. And there was like the way to get to my apartment, to get from his apartment to mine, you had to like walk around sort of outside and then come up, but you had to go past this retaining wall that separated our building from the next building over. And um, I had, he had called me and said, I'm coming over Cleve. And I was like, all right. So he goes around and then I hear this like, horror movie like b movie queen scream outside like three minutes later i was like what is it i thought some woman was getting raped or something outside trigger warning i go outside and there is a huge possum on the wall and this dude is screaming bloody murder like this possum is attacking him but the possum is just sitting there looking at him I was like, if you don't just walk past that possum, you are a human. He's <laughs> below you on the food chain. You could eat him if you wanted to. Come up here. And he's like, I can't. I can't. And then I was like, just walk. And he starts to walk. And then the possum like stood up a little bit and he screamed again. It was the most hilarious. Because <laughs> like he screamed. It was like like a B movie like Scream Queens scream. <laughs> little, little Wilhelm scream action. <laughs> yeah. That's you know what I I grew up. His fist wasn't in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Possum's like, do I do I play dead at this point? I'm not I'm not sure what I do here. Uh, about him. Yo, I mean, it did look scary, but screaming on, human. Man, just go past it. Give me a little something to work with here. I yeah I we we when I when I grew up we had. Uh, possums and and raccoons in the neighborhood you know it was um 
sort of not new suburbs, but you know, there was, there were still farms and forests that hadn't been raised to make new houses. And so, you know, we had uh, like a fair share of wildlife that would make appearances in the backyard. And, you know, it's one of those things you, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like Jack Hanna of, of, you know, the, the suburban wilderness, but you, you grow up thinking like, oh yeah, you know, possums, raccoons, seen them. I know not everything, but enough that I would need to know about these animals. And it's kind of like with giraffes, you don't think about the sounds they make. So it wasn't until I was in college in Missouri that I heard a raccoon. And they, it's especially if you're riding your bike like late at night after the bar is closed and no one is around (laughs) and you hear that coming out of nowhere and it's like you see these little eyes like glaring at you from a sewer it's a little unnerving i mean not enough to to scream like jamie lee curtis you know but uh (laughs) okay okay so so three fat but hungry raccoons that are feral and sort of frothing or donald trump right now which, which which way which path do you take through you got to walk through it you got to go through it oh wow ra- you know what actually the raccoons because <laughs> i have, you have raccoons at my job and they don't you don't bother them they don't bother you they just yeah raccoons. They're, raccoons. They're, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just, unless they feel threatened they're really not going to mess with you nope well, Same with skunks. Skunks won't bother you unless you get to, and they can hear you. Mm-hmm. And immediately, like, yeah, they'll stop. You know, like, yeah. you know what I got? You know what I got? No. around my ass. I got <laughs> something on your ass. <laughs> yeah, I got something that's gonna hurt you now. You, you want this smoke? <laughs> yeah, and all the people are like, what are we running from? I'm running from a skunk. Skunks don't bother you. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah, so I, I gotta say, I would, I would also choose the raccoons, but for the reason that. You know, like I was just saying, you think you know everything about these animals because you grow up just coexisting with them. We we know what diseases raccoons get. So, you know, yeah, you, you take the raccoon path. You're likely not going to get bitten or scratched or anything. But if you do, you know, okay, well, probably rabies, maybe distemper. But there's there's shots and messing with raccoons. Yeah, okay, take these shots, take these pills come back in a week with donald trump we still don't know <laughs> what the fuck he has or what's going on yeah you know dave when you sent the flipboard out they had a great article in what another four years of trump be like if we don't get rid of him i mean it is going to really be bad because he's getting rid of everything he has pretty much overturned half of the stuff obama's done mm-hmm. he got us out and of all so the climate change and george bush <laughs> and the climate change stuff He's, uh, he's alienated all our allies. I mean, he's really doing Putin's work. Putin is mm-hmm. sitting back and laughing. And mm-hmm. I guarantee he really seems like a double agent. And if you interview any Trump supporters out in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, he could sell them up. You know, he could sell them sand on the moon. They'll, they're going to buy it. It's yeah. over. Speaking of Michigan... What the hell was that nonsense the other day? That I wanted to ask you guys, and like because <laughs> governor of Michigan, are you insane? Oh 
my god. So let, let me ask like the three of you, <laughs> professional opinion. Is that some white people shit or what? Well, <laughs> hey, did they not blow up? Did they not blow up the FBI building? Yeah, diff- mm-hmm. different militia. Okay, so I, I, I would. I mean, let's not forget they blew up the FBI building, killed women and children. That fool set that up. They didn't want to call him a terrorist either. And now this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had already showed up. Some of the guys that they caught were also there when they showed up in the Capitol building with all their long guns and stuff when they yeah, did the first shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what would, I mean, Trump just, hey, yeah, let's get them. Come on, boys. And then and they he, like, didn't fully condemn them. Nope. But try to take credit for thwarting the thing. Yeah. And then also was like, and that broad didn't thank me. Are, yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, the intonation was, I could have let my boys get you. Yeah. That's the ink. That's the ink. That's the intimation, which is super whack. And again, even if he had, well, because he obviously had nothing directly to do with that, the fact that he would try to kind of get that that ground is shows what a sociopath that fool is. And, and I try to refrain from a lot of just this dude's evil Hitler stuff because honestly, I think it usually it's way more simple than that. Mm-hmm. But it's time like these. That make me revert to what I guess every other liberal is doing, which is like this person is basically inhuman on a bunch of levels. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say that this is the type of stuff that brings me back to that point of view instead of trying to be like, OK, what kind of idiotic person could think that they were going to profit from these circumstances? OK, and I start to try to understand his motives from that situation, because, you know, was that qui bono who benefits, you know? And uh, and and so and he's found a way, and people like him have found a way to get rich during this time. This time mm-hmm. that is taxing all of us. This time that is killing essential Negroes. This time that is doing all of this. <laughs> they found a way to get rich during this time. So I try to look at it that way. Yeah. But then you basic inhumanity, and, and also just sort of, oh yeah, I did that. Like this dude did everything. Like if pressed, he would admit. To, you know, hey, you know, Barabbas and Jesus, they were having a problem. <laughs> I talked to the guy Pontius. I solved it. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's ridiculous. And and speaking of, of the whole Jesus Barabbas thing, I one of the questions that has been rolling through my head the last couple of weeks is... And, you know, not a conspiracy theorist, and I certainly don't want to start any ideas, but... There is there is a part of me that wonders, like, I have no doubt that the White House is a viral hotspot, you know, outbreak central, 1600 Pennsylvania. But there is a part of me that wondered, like, especially when Stephen Miller was diagnosed, mm-hmm. like, how much of this is I'm Spartacus? Like, oh, oh, God, we, yeah. you know, we, we have to please the boss. Yes. Yeah, oh, you have the I have the virus, too. Oh, but yeah. She doesn't have the virus. Oh no, she does oh, have the virus now. Like, She's oh, on the team. I got it he yeah, he, like, I do just, believe he has it. Oh, totally. It was hard well, to parse at first because you know he's clearly capable of lying about having it, just so he could appear like, oh, it's no big deal. I beat it like it's no big deal, which he's still trying to do, even though he's still clearly sick. But it wasn't until he did that Fox News like call in, and I was like, oh, he, first of all, he looked sick in that Twitter, those Twitter videos. Yeah, yes, just like. You're not projecting strength. You look like you want to pass out. And you so. sound like you've been doing bong rips throughout the interview. <laughs> you, like, you look like on those Twitter videos, 
I was like, you look, I, I'm like this close to feeling sorry for you. You look so goddamn sick. And then when he did that Fox News call in, when you could hear him with those hacking smokers coughs. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely once, once they said Hope had it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and Hope is sick. And, you know, they, they, and guys just start, you know, and they need to pay attention is Chris Christie. He Chris Christie could, <laughs> he could die. Yeah. Well, some some sad news. Some sad news about Chris you know, Christie. Uh, he was training Trump. They asked him, "Did you guys wear masks while you were talking?" No, one person <laughs> in the corner was wearing a mask. That's I it. Said, dude, are you an idiot or what? Like, you didn't you see Herman Cain croak. Well, dude, yeah. that's well. See, all right, that's hang on. Timeline that people keep just showing of Herman Cain's tweets of, "I'm sick. I feel fine. Everything's great. My doctor's got to go home tomorrow. Dead. Like." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some some sad news about Chris Christie. Uh, he actually was released from the hospital this morning. So, uh, wishing a speedy recovery to New Jersey. Hopefully, you can you can get rid of that soon. Uh, but I, you know, I wanted to ask. I, I think Clee, you brought up an interesting point. I was reading an article uh, last night about basically it, it was like about liberal guilt. Like, should we should liberals feel bad? about schadenfreude about feeling good that that trump and many of his cohorts have gotten the rona and you know they interviewed people who were like well i mean this like goes against everything i am but yeah hope he dies and i i just i don't i think it's, it's an individual choice and what you feel like you can live with with yourself me i'm not like happy per se like i'm not like <laughs> like i'm not laughing but I'm also like, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you fuck with the bull, you get the horns. Like, I'm, how can I feel sorry for somebody who willfully flaunted all the protocols that we know can keep us safe? That have basically, and it's so simple. It's not that hard. Well, the, so, like, you, know. you wear your mask. You wear your mask in certain situations. You avoid. Like, you have your little pod of people that you are around, and you don't go around too many other people unless you absolutely have to. You wear your mask. And you just don't be like it's not hard. Well, but it's like saying black glasses lives fog up. I have a pre-existing conditions that do wait make wearing a mask hard for me. I, it's very difficult for me to breathe in the mask, you know. And I so I don't go out that that much. I could. My doctors told me at the beginning, you know, that if I were to catch COVID, I would very likely be somebody who would die or end up on a ventilator, you know, because of my heart problems. And I'm just like, it's not difficult yeah but that's like black lives matter i mean it's like if someone is everyone's so bothered like one of the guys posted you know you you weren't bothered when you put out signs that said you know when your signs said whites only you didn't have a problem with that but now you have a problem with a person just acknowledging that black lives matter Mm -hmm. and that's as bad as the mask you can't wear they don't want to wear the mask they don't want to acknowledge protesting Oh, it's looting. Well, you weren't worrying about looting when you were throwing people off of their land and burning down towns and stuff. You weren't thinking lynching folks. So why are you bothered now? I mean, people really are starting to say, you know what? I'm not apologizing anymore for anything. Fuck you guys. I'm not. I don't yeah. care anymore. I'm you know, I'm tired of being Mr. Nice Guy. We need because they're not going to be nice to you. Yeah. You, need to, you know, let them know, like the 17 year old kid who they're trying to get. He doesn't want to get extradition, uh, you know, oh, trying Kyle to extradite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This kid shot two people. He killed two and blew off another guy's arm. Mm-hmm. 
And so one of the guys on my post says to me, hey, uh, you know, uh, well, I hope they set him free. And I said, he's going to get exactly what he's supposed to get. They're going to put his white ass in jail mm-hmm. and give him life. He's done. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully, hopefully it's a short sentence. <laughs> just my, just my thought. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's fairly obvious where I come down on the feeling bad about, um, you know, like, and, and like Clee was saying, it's, I don't feel bad. Yeah. That's the thing. I, like you were saying, it's kind of one of those, well, what did you expect? But for the most part, I, I have a feeling of, sort of ambiguity and i i don't have time for this like there is there I are so many the reporters who were at that rose garden party who caught it mm-hmm. i feel sorry for the for the white house staffers not not his administration staffers but the porters and the butlers and, and the, well and his military his, his detail aides, who you know they've come down with the COVID. i feel sorry for the that joint chief staff member who got it because he doesn't he doesn't have a choice of wh- what president he serves under and he is appointed to that position so i feel sorry for those people but hope hicks and Stephen miller and trump and melania screw them i'm like i'm like i don't i'm not i'm not giddy but i'm not i don't feel bad like yeah. why the fuck should i it's kind of like i you wouldn't I, it. I wouldn't make the effort and spend the money on one of those I don't really care do you jackets. But if someone gave one to yeah. me, I would consider yeah. wearing it. Well, there are knockout versions that are like sixty bucks, David. You can get. Yeah, but it's again the time and the money, and that's that's like my feeling on these people is, I I worry about the impact that it could have if they started literally dropping like flies instead of just catching the disease. Mm-hmm. I worry about that. Or getting but... them caught in their hair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that too in, in a minute. But yeah, I, it's like, I don't have the bandwidth. I, I have more important lint to pick out of my belly button than, than to spend <laughs> half a second worrying about anyone in this administration who has... You can get lint caught in your yeah. belly button. And I am glad that Baron <laughs> apparently doesn't have it. Thank God. Like he's a child. So he has no choice of where he is. And well, but also, also, your parents would have to like pick you up and kiss you and stuff for you to get it. <laughs> so there's like no way he got it unless they cracked open months. the coffin. They make him sleep in or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, Wait, are, on, are you suggesting no that uh, a woman who has been taped saying basically "fuck Christmas" and who <laughs> who thinks? There, there is no reason people should be making such a big deal about these kids who are being torn away from their parents and thrown into cages. Like that's just getting way too much press. Are you suggesting that a woman who acts like that and has those beliefs might not be a loving mother? Well, you know, I mean, I see how you can make that insinuation. Um, no, but, but see, all, all I'm saying about all these creeps is, I mean, obviously this is super bad. And obviously, if you, you can feel whatever way you want to feel about it. The thing that I'm kind of tired of, frankly, as 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 what I would call an actual independent in regards to political thinking, I think that it's time to stop pretending like you're such a nice guy that you can't feel bad for Trump. And, and also, uh, uh, I mean, that you... Pretending that you're such a nice guy that it's a big deal that you might feel something bad about Trump. Mm-hmm. When in reality, 
actual liberal or neoliberal policies have steady, steady screwed over black people this entire time. We have been quite allegiant. We've been very, very allegiant to the to to liberals. And 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 trust me, I'm not one of those people who thinks that any of us should go conservative necessarily because those people hate us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, so it's like you're going to stay with the people who pretend they like you over the people who outwardly hate you. Mm-hmm. But it's going to come a time that you got to stop pretending you meaning the the, Dem- the you know the right. democratic establishment. It's going to come a time that you got to stop pretending you like us. And this is the time. Well, because this is a very precarious situation in history. And so I think so too and it's like you could get all these down ballot voting people where you can vote in a true progressive in a local election. It only takes you could a, a progressive could win a local election by two or three votes. So you get those and like, and you steady build a true third party and not these jackasses that come in at the last minute on their white horses. Right. Like, <laughs> well, and I think I'm that's, the, that's the problem. Party. Uh, it's... Fucking Joe Jorgensen and, and <laughs> all this shit. Like, what the fuck? I'm not going to feel bad about not voting for you. And Nobody right. knows who you are for a reason. Right. You haven't done anything until right now. Well, and I right. think the problem isn't just the candidates. It's the voters and the, the people who, you know, are raging for a, a third party candidate every four years. And in the time between, they aren't doing shit to get people elected on a local level. They aren't doing anything to change policies on the local level that can grow. Exactly. Like, why the fuck should I give a fuck about Joe Jorgensen? I've never heard of this brought under any circumstances. Like, not on no state, no local, no regional, no nothing. Here she comes, trying to be like, I'm your candidate, I'm progress." Like, come on. And, and your party. Your party could have the prop that you can't have as a person. Like, if these as, people as- just build a coalition locally, nationwide, because there are so many... Po- like, you, you launch a bunch of progressives out of Austin, Texas... You could fucking take over Texas. Texas is already turning purple anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you launch a bunch of uh, you get these good point. There's always one city in these red states that is like fuck the rest of the state. You get those people elected in those cities, and then you move them up the ladder. And sometimes they're going to win, and it's going to take a couple of generations. But if you really want to do this, think long term. Yeah, humans don't live a hundred years, but if you care about humans a hundred years from now, then do it right now. Stop trying to shove some Ralph Nader jackass up our asses every four years and then being mad and black. And especially like I have so many white friends on Facebook who would call themselves progressive, who are mad at me because I'm voting for Biden over this Joe Jorgen. I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? Why would I do that? Well, and I think it's one of the, one of the things <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. And one of the reasons that I wanted, wanted to have you on the show this week is I think something that a lot of people who who may not know you don't know is you're not a fan of Kamala Harris. Uh, no. Having grown up in the Bay I'm Area, yeah, I know that. Bro- I know her. Like I know her as a human person. Now, as a human person, she's not that bad. But she was a shitty AG. She was a shitty DA. But I mean, there was a lot of compromises that she had to make. But I also know that she did a lot of dirty shit that she didn't necessarily have to do in order to hold on to her job. But I, I'm not a fan of hers at, politically during her time in the Bay Area. Now, her time in the Senate is a completely different story. And her time in the Senate 
she's like the third most or fourth most progressive senator behind like two other broads and one white dude. So she's she's flipped the script in a way that emboldens and, and excites me. But I still don't necessarily trust her because she is a career politician at this point. She's been in politics over 20 years. And I understand. I, I didn't like her as a presidential candidate. I, I was not a fan. I voted for Elizabeth Warren in the primaries. But, but that's you, where you uh, strike girl. that. And that's another chick who actually was like 20 years ago was not somebody I would have been a fan of. And she was a fucking Republican. Well, and that's something that we've we've talked about on this show before. And I've like been having this argument with uh, one of my neighbors is the the thing about the Democrats and yeah they are yeah they are a political party so oh my God they're they're going to do political stuff Kel surprise mm. clutch my pearls uh, <laughs> but the thing is and I understand why career politician is a bad title to have hung around your neck but you look at what happens when you go with the opposite. And, you know, maybe but there needs to be like a happy medium. Like but Obama was really very much a happy medium because he was only in the Senate for six years mm-hmm. before he became president. That's, and he was in he was like a community organizer before that. It was like it's like if AOC became president four years from now. Boom. That's like a perfect storm. Like it's, a, it's Obama 2.0 because it's like just enough time to get that Washington nonsense, get your deep fingers a little bit dirty. Get your hands dirty, get, get some dirt under your fingernails, but not so much that you reek of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, it's, and AOC is like, she came from the trenches. You know, three years ago, she was working at Buffalo Wild Wings or wherever the fuck. And then now she's in the Senate, but she knows she's savvy and she knows what's up and she knows how to speak to all sides. Republican white dudes hate her. And I think some establishment Democrats hate her because she has upended what they thought could happen. The same thing with um, a lot. I can't remember the, the Muslim chick from Michigan, but uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib. Oh yeah. And Elon, what's her name? Uh, Omar. But, yeah, yeah. Omar. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, and I appreciate that. Like there needs to be like this sort of happy medium. I think there needs to be a little bit more term limits. Like that's all this thing about term limits and all that type of stuff. And also pushing up people, so that they can come up in a way that is more organic. Because this country was founded on people who were not career politicians. There were army and military people who decided like the, the army and the mili- and the judiciary and the legislature need to be together but separate. But it's like we were founded by people who were in the trenches. Like, But back then people in like generals actually were shooting and like could got shot in the face just walking out of their tent. It's yeah. not the same thing anymore. Back then, and, and to pretend like it is, is so disingenuous. So I don't understand why people can't see that that's how you organize. You need to get people who come from well, when in you, their communities and when move you, them up the ladder. Well, when you look at like what Trump is doing to the Republican Party, Ugh. you know, I mean, you, you, you look at and you say, you know, this, this guy, this, who are these people? Yeah. Because they're not your normal Republicans. These are not Ronald Reagan. Really embrace him so much. It's like no one he's knows. destroying your party. And but they're all but and they're not looking at, you know, we talked about humanity, morals, values. They talk about the constitution. But it's the Democrats who are talking about all this stuff. It's not Republicans. Their thing is power. And yeah. for whatever this guy is selling, and I mean he is going, he's really going into the bowels 
and pulling it all out. He's pulling out all the crap. Now, he said he was going to clean up the swamp. No, he is the he people need to understand what he says when he calls Hillary a crook. Basically, he's saying I'm the crook. Yeah. When he says I'm going to drain the swamp, no, I'm oh, he's going king to, of projection uh, and double standards. Uh, yeah, and so he's he's built this swamp, and the Grim Reaper, which is Mitch McConnell, even the Grim Reaper is saying, "Dude, you you you're going way too far. I cannot. I can't mm-hmm. even. I am. I'm not even coming to the White House. There's so much. There's so much infection and virus going around at White House. I'm not coming because my ass could die." And that's what yeah. they start seeing because now they're saying, wow, I guess this Dr. Fauci, because where is Rand Paul at now? Mm-hmm. Rand Paul's not around. Remember, he, yeah. caught, the, he caught COVID once. Mm-hmm. And you haven't seen him or his wife, especially after they, they threatened the, 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 the mob almost got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, but, need to, we need to start another GoFundMe for his neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unleash that guy again. <laughs> yeah. Be like, we will pay your bail if you follow through on what you said you was going to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe like we will pay your legal fees. Get Mike Bloomberg. He, he seems to have some deep pockets, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. can't it can't all go to uh, buying back felons' rights to vote in in Florida? But yeah, that's a good start. Though. But I. Oh, no, 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 that is a great start, dude. And uh, all I wanted to say about all the stuff that was just said is that I I definitely understand that there has to be the happy medium. And I definitely understand that we start using words. We start using code words that mean like, like, you know, career politician or uh, or even liberal or conservative. You know, a lot of times people can't be quite summed up that way. And I would love I would love to like. <laughs> Someone getting buzzed by a drone. Uh, oh, that's the guy doing. I I got the windows closed, but he's. Oh yeah, he was. Cutting. He was just. He was just right there. <laughs> he is. He's right. He's right down at, at the bottom. I mean, I, he was no, no, starting no, at they, eight o'clock. Yeah, but that was, that was crazy. But anyway, but yeah, I, I I get that. But it's like I think we need to steal ourselves into like understanding the context of of uh, when we need so-called career politicians and when we don't and start yeah. phasing them out. Definitely. I definitely agree with Clee on that. Uh, start phasing them out as we go into a new future of service, because I think that's one of the things that that people don't really understand about when you'll have people calling soldiers suckers and losers who will balk at the fact that like it is interesting the one thing that's interesting about trump being the president is we finally got to understand what the what the so-called businessman president was because <laughs> you remember you know what i'm saying they, they keep try- they, they've tried to sell us the businessman president once every election cycle for the past 30 years Mm-hmm. There's always somebody on there that's like, I, I made my money. I got so much money they can't buy me. So we picked the brokest one of those, the one most <laughs> likely to be beholden <laughs> to foreign and other interests, right? And then he has the book buck against that by doing a bunch of dumb crap that makes us lose the trade war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like this was the perfect storm of dumb, bad businessman president. So I think that is going to send us into a cycle of a lot of career uh, politicians for a while. And I don't know that that wasn't by design. I don't want to go crazy Illuminati on y'all, but for real, just think about this, this oligarch idiot business person failing this hard 
is going to steer us away from just letting Maverick, I got some great new ideas, guys, come in for a while. We're yeah. going to get Biden after Biden after Biden for a minute. AOC going to have a lot of crow's feet by the time we let somebody <laughs> like her be the damn president. See, I don't, I don't know, though. I think because the Republicans are, are generally wonderful people with a, a true sense of loyalty, uh, I, honestly, I think when... Trump loses the election. I think they are going to hang him out to dry. I I don't think there is going to be any move to protect him from the Southern District of New York, and and all you know the the rape cases, the taxes, everything. And I think the Republicans are going to do this. Speaking of what you were just saying, Ed, is so that in twenty twenty four they will have done their work to expose Donald Trump as we already knew as a shitty business person. And so in 2024, their line is going to be, you know, outside of, you know, we got to get rid of this black chick uh, that, well, we, we know we had a business person, but now it's time for a good businessman. Someone who actually right. is right. successful. Maybe. And, and I think Tom Steyer gets elected. <laughs> well, maybe not Steyer. I think he's he's still a little too, you know, pro breathing for, for Republicans to, to stomach. <laughs> but I, I think they are gonna throw Trump under the bus and it will all be to support their twenty twenty four strategy of saying, Yeah, yeah, you know, we we know we we sold you this bill of goods before but now we have a real businessman and if you doubt that it's possible look at trickle down economics and how long they've been trying to sell people on that shit we know it doesn't work but there's still you know poor uh, largely poor white folks going oh yeah you know i think uh, they can make it work this is the guy who's going to make it work we can do this. That works, no, that works well, on an individual level. It does not work on no national well, level. Well, they've already stated. I mean, they've interviewed enough of them from Wisconsin to Michigan to Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota. They don't care. They don't care. Anything that you thought whatever Trump does, you thought would change them, they don't. I mean, it, it, it falls on deaf ears. Everything. Yeah, I, I agree they just, I mean, they really... What I it just comes down to, you know, good old I want a white dude in there. Well, and that's that's what it is. They won't say that out loud. I mean, even though you no. know, people say, Well, the great thing about Trump is that you know, now we can see who the racists are. It's like, yeah, I already could. If if they have truck nuts, <laughs> probably a racist. You know, it's it's not a sure thing, but there are signs. There there are little indications. And I think it's like I agree with what both you know you and and clear saying time and that yeah on on an individual basis you can sell someone on on the group basis it's harder but it's a lot easier to get them to go along with you know some economic theory bullshit that has been proven wrong over and over if they don't have to admit that I just don't want to vote for the ticket with the black chick on it. I, right. You know. But also, also though, you just hinted at it uh, when they talk about the uh, 
the Republicans voting against their interests, you know, re- actual regular rank and file Republicans can't fathom how far away from these oligarchs that they're serving that they are. And frankly, you know, the people could turn that on liberals, but it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same, dude. A I lot mean, of a lot of our rank people... and file liberals know exactly where they stand in the pecking order. Rank and file conservatives, conservative Republicans, do not see where they fall. They think they can achieve that if only those people, like if they just keep those people in power, they're going to pull them up. Like nobody's going to pull you up. It hasn't happened they, in history, those, and if you look, but billionaires yeah, on that, millionaires and billionaires on that level do not see you. You are a number as far as yeah. well, so they, they see you enough to steal your bootstraps. But, yeah. you know. They see you as a number, you're a piece on a chessboard and you're not even a rook or a knight. You're always a pawn. You're always a pawn. Well, the pandemic also, exposed, uh, the pandemic mm. exposes all. The pandemic you know, has exposed I mean, a lot of that. And, right. It shows the inequality. It, it shows how it doesn't help you to hold a, the pale for the rich, mm-hmm. like Trump exposed. Look at the cocktail that they get that he got to yeah. keep his ass rolling. I want everybody to have this. This is good stuff. I feel better than blah blah blah. The average, <laughs> you know, because they keep talking about socialism and and they saying, well, you know that that medic, you know, you know, we don't want no socialism. Well, that's what your medical is. Your Medicare mm-hmm. is, and in Medicare, you're not going to get that kind of a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Well, and Thank also, the, the whole yes. idea, socialism is evil. Socialism is bad. Everybody's going to get that cocktail. Right. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's if like, you look at the, the this, uh, stimulus, that is socialism. You need money. We're, these people are starving right now. You're fighting over 1.8 to 2 trillion. Nancy's going to get the 2 trillion. They, they might as well come off of it. Give mm-hmm. up the money because right now your dumbass president said, "Oh, I'm not. Don't negotiate anymore. You're not. Not unless I win." Well, that sent the stock market into a, a tailspin. Now he's backing off. Well, yeah, give him the stimulus money. No, Nancy told him, "Give us two trillion. Two trillion is where it's got to be." And then now he's trying to say, "Well, I was asking for more money. Well, then just give it." You can't wait till after you get elected. Like I, I, it'll only happen if I get elected. That's stupid thinking. Because he's saying, "Oh, I'm not going to make let it happen unless I get elected." Well, well you but don't I get think elected. We all know Joe Biden's going to do it. I think the so problem. Why should we count out to your threat? But he's he's made elected that that we know for a fact is going to do it without this hemming and hawing and this waffling threat bullshit. Like you're a fucking mafia guy trying to get the garbage contract. Yeah, and but that's that's, that's the thing Obama. though that we're gonna that's we're gonna see a lot up to Obama. I almost called him the bomba. Um, <laughs> so Obama in 2008, mm. he did not go when he had both houses, you know, he had the Senate and the House. He did not take the biggest chunk of money. He should have took the one point eight trillion, which would have got the economy moving faster. No, he went smaller. Mm. And that's like the Democrats do not want to go down that route. That's why they're asking as much, because mm. in order to get these schools back, you've mm. got to have the money. But Trump you is going to I know these kids in my neighborhood, most of these people around here have Wi-Fi, but not everybody. And I see the kids switching houses, going to some other kid's house so that they can share Wi-Fi. Yes. And it's like everybody in this area should have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I I, I think yeah. 
you know, one of the one of the big problems is that people are just so distractible that they can be facing all these horrible issues as an individual. You know, I mean, you're out of work. You're not getting the benefits from the government that you used to because Congress can't sit and agree on everything. But you get the distraction. You get the, the you know, whether it's the race ticket or whatever. One of the time and I were talking just before we started recording about the Senate race in North Carolina where Tom right. Tillis, who is uh, the Republican incumbent and current COVID patient uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know, mass denier, is up against this guy, Cal Cunningham, who is falling victim to a sex scandal. You know, he, yeah. had, he stooped a woman and was, was sending sexy texts uh, who happens to be someone else's wife. And just looking at the facts and thinking about this in a rational, logical sense, you would think that sex scandals are off the table for Republicans to capitalize off of considering, well, history, but also who their current president is, you know, uh, and I, I do want to say, you know, I resent the, the idea of people, well, he raw dogs, porn stars. You know what? Porn stars are probably some of the healthiest people, sexually speaking, because they have to be. This is this is their living. They take care of their equipment so they can keep working. So especially if they're California or New York based, it's literally the law. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, the the whole raw dog and a porn star is a health issue. It's like, guys, don't even go there. You're you're just slamming sex workers. And not in the way that you normally have to pay to do. But look at the, the I mean, the guy's on his third wife. He's cheated on every wife he's already had. He wants to bang his daughter. It, I mean, the guy's a fucking deviant. You would think that this kind of takes the sex card out of the Republican deck. They're not allowed to play it anymore. But they still do. So it's it's these little. They're hypocrites. Yeah, but they they know how to play off of the the human mind, the psychology that they're exposing. But it, it's kind of one of those things. Like you know, I think like a lo- a lot of people, a lot of white folks are becoming woke this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, know, you look at the New York Times bestseller list, especially a couple months ago when protests were huge and you know it's all about race relations and and you know white fragility and everything and i think that's great and i'm not you know slamming anyone who is having an awakening to the reality of the way the world is but i you know and i don't want to speak for you guys but tell me if i'm wrong i would think as as african americans and you know for me <laughs> as uh, not an observant Jew in the religious sense, but you know, a Jew who is observant yeah. of the world around me. I, I think <laughs> there there are a lot of us who are, are you know, when someone who is freshly woke starts telling you about all this shit, that you're like, uh, yeah, I've I've known about, I've been talking about this for years. I've known about this. I've been experiencing it my entire life. 
glad you you just came around, but you you don't need to white splain things to me. Like I I know mm-hmm. I know racism is a thing. Glad mm-hmm. you're discovering it now. And well, I mean, okay, I I had this I had this happen as every almost every African American, especially all the ones on Twitter, mm-hmm. have reported over the course of these turbulent times. Meaning Breonna Taylor, meaning Ahmad, meaning everybody, everybody mm-hmm. you can name that's gotten murdered by police and this, that, and the other, and the protests and this, that, and the other. Everybody wanting to feel like they're one of the good ones, calling you on your phone, sending you DMs. D- you get a Twitter DM oh, from somebody God. that that's been following you for five years <laughs> and and now here comes a twitter dm talk about hey how you holding up bud and uh, uh palio anyway uh the DMs so, so, are real and so, they so, are annoying so i understand that and i don't need i don't think this panel needs to belabor that point but what is interesting is you can't stop people from being evangelical about anti-racism because when it hits their heart for real Mm-hmm. They can't help but tell you about Jesus. They can't help it because it, and and it just shows you the type of veil that is over people's eyes. We like to call everybody willfully ignorant, and I'm trying to tell you, man, these white folks are not willfully ignorant. A lot of them, a lot mm-hmm. of them, turn on the TV. Who's kissing? Ryan Gosling and somebody else white. Ooh, when there's a problem on TV, when there's when they oh let's go let's cut to all the politicians. There's two Negroes with a bunch of moles on their face and some white man who's making all the decisions. You know what I'm saying? Every time you cut to the world, it is them making the decisions, them deciding to give everybody civil rights, them deciding to go to the moon. So what are they supposed to think? They're trained by the media to think they're the only freaking people in the world. And now that they're forced to acknowledge that, wait a minute, so those background extras and all the romantic comedies I like, they really have their own lives and they're 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 being oppressed? Jeez Louise. I thought they were all like Will Smith just just <laughs> shooting off lot lot bon ma, you know, and, and saying funny stuff like, Boy, you better not shoot that green shit at me, alien. And you know what I mean? <laughs> it's really like that for a lot of people. And I hope that these times have made us all black, white, and indif- uh, other understand that that's how a lot of these people see the world. And, I, and don't let me get on other minorities who don't see black people as people. Don't let me get on that because we'll be here for five hours. <laughs> well, so don't I'm go saying- to Thousand Oaks because they damn sure don't see you. Right. You ever so been to what- Thousand Oaks to Calabasas? Oh, my God. It's like being invincible. Like the Invisible Man. The invisible Man. You're like, what? They do not. I've walked past and they will walk right by you. You can, you can smile. I don't see you, black man. No, 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 no. I don't see you. We've only gone to Calabasas for one person, and that person is autistic. So we are three invisible motherfuckers when we up there. Yeah. I got it for my tax guy. But I told him. He's a Jewish dude, Dave. I went and I told We're him. everywhere. I said, hey. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, hey, you know, he said, no, no one sees me when I come here. He said, really? I said, no. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm invisible. And he's like, and I had to explain to him. He's like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, dude. They don't talk, dude." And I'm telling you, you walk and, in. and all this Invisible Man stuff, it reminds me of ghosts. And let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When you treat somebody like a ghost, when you treat somebody like a ghost, how do ghosts tell you they there? They break something. When a ghost wants you to know that they exist, they break something in your house. 
So figure it out and stop treating what? Negroes like ghosts. Stop doing that. Well, one white dude told me, you guys, you know, time, I mean, you know, you know, you need to, he's talking about the whole bootstrap thing. I said, so you're telling me to forget about my history? No, I'm not telling you to forget about your history. But I mean, dude, I mean, you know, you just, I mean, if you, if you just work hard and then I said, oh, really? So I'm supposed to forget about redlining and I'm supposed to get about, you know, how folks got things. I said, I'm supposed to get forget about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the land over. Generational wealth and gerrymandering. You know, like I, I can just point to Manhattan Beach. And he says, so a black man owned land in Manhattan Beach? Yes. <laughs> and it was taken from him. Well, but, but I mean, did he get it back? Uh, no. He didn't get it back. <laughs> and I said, and I said I said, dude, you're talking about 150 years of Jim Crow. Hell, you went from slavery. You gave me a little bit of, little bit of air in, in uh, uh, reconstruction. reconstruction. And then you kicked my ass with the black coat and kicked mm-hmm. me to the damn, you know, uh, you got me into Jim Crow for 150 years. And then you showed, you know, Birth of a Nation, like, hey, this is how it is right here. Greatest movie ever told. Yes. Birth of a Nation. And he said, when I got through with him, he was like, you know, dude, I guess I, I, I said, you just don't understand. I'm sorry. You know, you're trying to make it seem like black people are just complaining. I said, dude, they wrote covenants. It took years to get this, through this shit. I said, my parents did not sit around and tell me like, oh, hey, just forget about it. Go out there. No. White man is the boogeyman. And it never stopped. White man was at our dinner table every night. I was like, "Do we have to talk to this motherfucker again?" <laughs> well, I'm just tired think, of but, it. yeah, but just just think think about the think about the 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 dinner conversation at Dracula's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They up here drinking. Mm, this is a fine Jamaican. Mm, a little spice in this one. <laughs> oh, this is a Mexican wine. That's a little. Mm, mm, I got some acho chilies in it, and they're just drinking people, eating people, and the conversation is never about these people the conversation is what did we get from crushing them what did we get from from having them be this second third fourth class from them from other, these other things being an animal class to us what do we get out of that that's always the conversation well so and, that's all i'm saying it's just like it, and, to me it's so is, are you saying that dracula is a colonial uh, allegory it very obviously is when you look at critical theory on it. It well, definitely is that. Well, uh, Clee and Ed, I don't know if you guys saw this. I shared it with Dave last time we were on. Uh, to push discrimination and racism just on African Americans alone from 2000 to 2020, it cost 16.5 trillion dollars GDP mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. That means so. They even said by the time, and, and Citigroup did the uh, did the study, mm. and they said in five years that you know in five years black you could they black folks if you help black people achieve and and if they were having the schools and the jobs and everything it would be five trillion every five years. Mm-hmm. What Plus, they would bring into the GDP. Yeah. Into the GDP. But you spent 16.5 over 20 years. So now take that and put it toward at the beginning of Jim Crow mm-hmm. and bring it all to where then you're talking 200 trillion. That's what yeah. you worked that hard to keep us from achieving when all we wanted was the same thing as anybody else. We didn't ask for it. We weren't asking for 
you know, the open doors for it. We were building our own businesses. We were building our own towns. Mm -hmm. Problem was, motherfuckers kept burning the shit down. Then you say, mm -hmm. oh, just pull yourself. We did it. Well, we and did it. We we even had we showed what we. Could if you do. if and you had just done it and let it happen, we would have taken over the world. America yeah. would be the whole world. Yeah, right. If and they had just let it happen, <laughs> and that's why J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar was so he was adamant. He told he said, "Look, you cannot allow black unity to happen, and we cannot have any black messiahs." So that's why Malcolm and Martin had to go, Mega Evers, everything, no black power movements, nothing. We cannot have, because Dr. Francis Chris Wilson said, hey, the man with the melon in the skin is the one you're going to end up in fear the most, because he will make your ass disappear. Sorry. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, I, I think it, what it comes down to, and it seems very hard for a lot of people to believe and it's largely Republicans and conservatives, but if you want to try and, you know, make a both sides kind of thing, it, it's the power structure it, that has existed in this country. And it, it may be a little difficult to wrap your head around, but they actually hate black people more than they love money. Which is really, you know, I mean, that's the takeaway from the city bank. Very stupid. Yeah. Right, right. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Look people, what I'm doing. I I'm, hate more than I love money. But, but also, <laughs> also but, but, but when but it yeah, comes. Let's, let's, let's be clear, though. But let's be clear, though. Letting this uh, fear of a black planet stuff that you guys just postulated, which scared me. I clutched my pearls. <laughs> when the white man's not going to be in charge. Oh, Lord, where's I going to sleep? <laughs> you know, uh, that, that scared me. Oh, shit. No, but, but on, some, on, some real, on some real shit, I understand everything you guys are saying, but that's what that is the only thing that they're scared of because it's been proven time and time again that economically it would be best to just let the black folks do their thing mm -hmm. and figure out a way to make money off of it which is what everybody's done since the beginning of time it's, they watch it, black people do these incredible things and find a way to make money off of it and that's fine but when those incredible things give you too much cultural cachet have you tell have you having white kids be like, hey, mom, maybe you shouldn't use the N word when we go to the store because, you know, I mean, the lady just wanted a parking spot. I mean, I don't see what her being an N word has to do with it. And all of a sudden these conversations start and every, everybody's tick tocking their grandma talking about <laughs> grandma. Why, why you feel that way? <laughs> and all this stuff when 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 our when our so-called excellence equals that. That it must be stopped at all costs, no matter thing. what black it does cost. Black people love white shit as much as white people love black shit, and everybody in between. Right. Mm -hmm. Fucking Taco Tuesday is a thing. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Fried chicken is a thing. Oh, oh, well, technically, yeah. technically, Taco Tuesday is not a white thing. But it's because of fucking Mexicans. Right. But most of the white people shit, but everybody loves fucking a, a good drunken Sunday mimosa hang. Everybody loves it. There's there, everybody. This is, this is the thing is that people don't love them. If people love themselves as much as they are afraid of somebody else taking over who they are, we would all be. It'd be fucking great. We'd be having but, tacos but most of your mass and fried chicken every fucking Sunday, Tuesday and Wednesday because we all have our thing that we love. Jews eat fucking Chinese food on Christmas for a fucking reason. Because it's there's good. A, we're, there's room for everybody at this table. 
Although nobody's going to get pushed to the side. I just don't understand why people can't see it. It's so obvious. I I do want to say like, and not to like set myself up as a Jewish separatist or anything, but that's, that's one of those traditions that I think a lot of white people need to just let us have like, Go be miserable, stuck in a house with your family. That's what Christmas is about. The movie theaters and the Chinese restaurants are ours. Well, you know, we're we're willing to share. But when I can't get a reservation because... Jewish people and lonely singles who nobody likes. Because they don't get invited nowhere. That's what it's supposed to be. My one of my favorite foods in the world, and I could attest to this, is mothball soup. I just ordered some the other day. I paid twenty seven dollars to postmate that shit from Jerry's just the other day. So You know what? Maybe at the table everybody. I, I think you you know, because you just gave me an idea, and I'm not saying that we need to film this and make it into a show, but it's like we you know, we need to do like have people doing more individual cultural exchanges like you know, I would, I would love to like you come over to my house and mm-hmm. we will cook like my recipes together. And then we go to your house and like, you teach mm-hmm. me how to cook one of your recipes. Nice. And then the next time I make it, Black people, you want some sweet potato pie and some baked mac and cheese. Well, I, you know, <laughs> it's, there's, there's different things. And I mean, certainly uh, like a lot of the but, things I mean, that uh, I cook she's talking about are things she knows how to make that, that she was naming those things. She wasn't saying stereotypical things. Right. No, no, she no. no. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like, no, most, most of my <laughs> recipes aren't traditional Jewish foods, you know, but it is stuff that I grew up, you know, making, but I think, you know, more, more cooking shows like good cooking shows, but doing mm-hmm. like doing coming up with fusion recipes, like, hey, well, that's let's... what, uh, but man, that was what Anthony Bourdain did when he would go to different, mm-hmm. like, he would go to Jackson, Mississippi, and he'd sit down. I mean, the guy went to everywhere of different cultures. It's yeah, the people who refuse, well, just the people who don't want to embrace the different cultures of our society. That fear, and that's all this is, all this crap is built on fear. All your, all your mm-hmm. massacres that you had, if you look at any massacres that happened among African Americans, it was either over some white woman bullshit or it was over economic jealousy. And yeah. they were, they, people were afraid of folks you know, gathering. That's why you had to burn down Black Wall Street and no one went to jail, lands taken. You know, Those were all prominent businesses that never came back. And yeah. everyone said, I never heard of that story. I didn't know anything about it. Of Not as a watchman, which thank God, and that was shepherded by white people, but it was. And that's written. nothing that pisses everybody off. They're mad because now all of a sudden, oh, all the white folks are discovering all these so called stories about black people that black people could have told, but white folks are telling them. Like, you know, but I mean, uh, it, takes, it takes a village, and I'm not mad about that. Like, it, it, if it takes white people to show white people that they are missing a whole swath of American culture, I ain't mad at that. And I'm glad that they that those producers did that with Watchmen, a show I still haven't watched, and Ed is very mad at me. Well, about you look that. at Hidden Figures. But, I mean, it's, Hidden it's Figures pretty awesome. Were, I mean, you know, I mean, although the Kevin Costner character didn't exist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but yeah, you look I mean, at sometimes Hidden you gotta you gotta acquiesce to storytelling. I mean. There was sure. no blue nigga with his dick out in in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma either, but they were. So you know. Yeah. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but in the future, it goes for everything, <laughs> and it's not just race. It goes for sexuality. All this stuff with with trans people and these turfs, fucking J.K. Rowling just 
oh, why did you ruin yourself for me? <laughs> like, all the stuff because it's like, there's nothing wrong with multiple genders and multiple types of sexualities existing. Star Trek explored this shit 20 years ago on Star Trek Voyager with species 8742. So there were five <laughs> genders in that species. Well, and I guess next they're going to go after the dominatrix. And, I mean, you know, because like you they couldn't were out tell there. The, like to a human, you couldn't <laughs> tell the difference. But to within the species, there was animosity that there was the, there was the two dominant species and then there were three other subspecies. Subgenders. So there was two dominant genders and then three other subgenders that everybody was like, why are you a thing within <laughs> that species? But from the outsider's perspective, you couldn't tell the difference. And I'm sure if aliens came down here and looked at a trans person and then looked at a cis person, they wouldn't know the fucking difference. I, I, I still, <laughs> I still, I mean, if you're just speaking on that, because every time you read the paper or article, someone did another trans, especially black trans mm-hmm. uh, sexual being killed a lot. Mm-hmm. And you obviously, well, why you, you you know you know I mean what's the thing about killing? Let these people be who they are. Yeah, you know I, I mean to do with you. You're right. just there because you don't want to you don't want to explore your own spectrum of sexuality, and you don't want to figure out where you land on that stuff because what if it's different from what you know or what your family is willing to accept from you, and you're not brave enough to fucking just be like, I and, I'm attracted to this, and you can't control your own libido. That's like if, right. You know what I mean? Like if I was attracted to trans a trans person, I know like sixty percent, seventy percent of my family would be like, "You're dead to me." But right. I'm like, "Fuck it, I don't give a fuck." But I, I think, I mean, to some degree, thankfully, I'm not. But in the other degree, I would be like, "I'm gonna be who I am." Right. She, because I'm still different from a lot of other type of people who people think I should be as a black. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's that's the the big issue the overarching issue is that people need to understand that different isn't necessarily bad and the status quo you know and i well and i think you know there are people and we've talked about this on the show before that you know democrats and liberals at large it's very strange because we tend to be the better creatives but we suck at messaging and mm-hmm. you know the the idea that normal is a bad word you can't say that something is normal and it's like look i'm not saying that normal equals good it's the norm it is it is what most things fall on and if something is outside of that okay cool Let's let's look at that. But by referring to something as normal isn't necessarily bad. And I think a lot of liberals need to just kind of relax. And, you know, like you were saying, Clee, about Watchmen, it's like, okay, we're not saying that, you know, these white folks who are woke are better at telling the story of like black history in America and the stuff that has been kept out of the history books. But if white people telling the story is what's going to get it into more ears of people who need to hear mm-hmm. it, then, you know, let's, let's just relax on, on how righteous we all need to be and, and the purity tests and everything. There's, yeah, there's the, I'm um, blanking on the name of the woman and the book, but there's recently a big thing. White woman wrote a book about the Mexican struggle in America. And I think it was like, in Oprah's book club. 
And then everyone who had been praising the book for its content and for its style, for the writing, everything, mm-hmm. all of a sudden had to turn around, oh, wait a minute, white chick talking about Mexicans. Yeah, fuck everything we said before. It's it's not good. It's it's horrible. Well, and, there's yeah. such a fine line, too, between with these purity tests, which is a good way of phrasing it, because it's like there's appropriation and profiting off of it without proper attribution and then there's amplifying a story and using your power, whomever you are, be you Oprah or be you Damon Lindelof, to get that story out there. And whether the fine line is, what is your ultimate sort of motivation or your at least your outward motivation? Because nobody's taking Damon Lindelof to task for telling this Tulsa story because it's couched in a way that is sort of a white storytelling motif. In that it's a superhero story, which is very much like a white man's, to right now at least, a white man's sort of. Oh, no, no, totally. But, well, when you but say, when you have a white woman talking about the, you know, the indigenous peoples of Mexico, you're like, wait a minute, white woman, who said you could do this? Show me your receipts. Show me your credentials. <laughs> and let me, like, did Frida Kahlo sign off on this shit before you started doing this, white woman? <laughs> Then you can like, because it's like, you know, you have like, because you have like, it happens, you know, I bring a lot of things back to food because that's one of my main interests. But it's like you have like chefs like Rick Bayless, who's like, he's super famous for his Mexican cuisine. Right. Even though he is the whitest man in America. And it goes back and forth with him of people being like, well, he has brought, he has made it so that Mexican food can be fine dining. But is he profiting off of this? But he makes it a point in a large degree to credit the people that he has learned this cuisine from. And then if you really dig deep, and a lot of people just dig on the surface and be like, well, this white dude is making Mexican food fine dining and charging $80 for a taco. Fuck him. But if you look deep, that money, he hires almost exclusively Mexican chefs. And when he doesn't hire Mexican chefs, all his other chefs are chefs of color. Yeah, well, and that's know, one of the that's one of the great things. The, the reason why they're saying stuff like this, okay, right now with the climate being for black writers, and I remember Dave, I yeah. was telling you, a white dude came to me who's a writer and said, "Ty, word on the street is looking for black writers, black material." Okay, and now why would they say that? Because now you have now because they know the climate is there, and. You're saying, but you, now you have white dudes who who have uh, even who have come to me for my project and said, "Hey, Ty, you know, hey, let's do uh, uh, another script on probation." Well, I said, "Well, I already have a script." Well, no, yeah, I'm but that, that, that one's yours. Yeah, I. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, no, motherfucker, this is what I'm trying to promote. And see, there are certain guys, the guy's wife could get the script to the people at HBO Max. But he wouldn't take my script. I said, well, why would I go and write a script with you when I already have something that I've already worked on where I have my pitch deck? I have my one sheet synopsis. I have everything that I need. But yet you're not going to help me because your name ain't on mine. But yet you know what I've been trying to do. Time and time and time you got to have somebody translated into white. That's what he was. T- <laughs> he's trying to help. I get you. Well, well, no, he don't. Well, and and, and he's white, willing. But, he's willing to do that translation for the low, low price yeah. of ninety percent. Right. <laughs> but he, and, and I said to him, I said, "What?" Well, about it, though. Like, 
I get what you're saying, and I, I and to a large degree, I fully am on board with like, fuck you, white guy. So but what I help me? I, I help you, but I'm saying you know what I have. Mm-hmm. Why would I go and write a whole nother deal when I've been promoting you? You even read my script, and I, I'm more than willing. You, this project is a still a diversified project. You can't just throw white people in it to do it. To 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 do a script about L.A. County Probation Department, you can't do that. It's going to be black, red, and everything else. But you want me to scrap what I have. So I can promote you. I said, why don't you pr- help me promote me? And then you jump on and we can. Oh, he wants do you it. to be on his script as like want, a diversity he, hire. Yes. He wanted me. To uh, well, he wanted me I, to. I thought he wanted you to like rewrite your shit so that he could be on it. No, no. no it's, he wanted and to it's, do a whole different other script. It's less of a diversity happen. hire no, as no. he needs street cred. I need to, I need to be able to go in there with a black man by my side. Okay, you you no, want? I'm not gonna be yeah. like no, because that's disingenuous as fuck. I hate that. Oh yeah, right here your here it is. Your wife is on is can take your script to HBO Max. She oh. knows the people. You have everything already in play, but he doesn't want. He said no, no, no. Well, we don't want to do yours. Let's rewrite a whole new script, you and I, and then we'll take it in. But yet okay. you're telling me, Ty, the word on the street is. We're looking, you know, they're looking for black material. Motherfucker, I got black material right here. Yeah. At the same time, I, I see there are some strides being made. I mean, we have Lovecraft Country. It's like the biggest thing to come out of HBO Max. Mm-hmm. They are like, that's like their tent pole show. That's their new Game of Thrones. Then you have, like, I watch a lot of, um, to Ed's great, uh, both chagrin and delight. I watch a lot of Hallmark movies. <laughs> and there are so many ones with black people in them, like, as the leads now, it is amazing. And yeah. gay leads, too. And it's like, it's amazing. You yeah. know, this, it it, it gives it, me hope as yes, a Jew exactly. that we may actually find representation on the Hallmark Channel someday. Uh, <laughs> not- like, they, I've, to my knowledge, I've only ever seen one Hallmark movie, Chris, like, Christmas time movie that was actually centered around at one Jewish, like one of the characters was Jewish. And she's like, well, I celebrate Hanukkah. You better come over here for these eight crazy nights. And he was like, I don't get it. And it was like, his ignorance of Hanukkah was so hilarious. And you're just like, come on, dude. Like, And then the guy, but, but by the but by the end, though, but by the end, though, the guy like, is trying to flex. Like New York. No, at, at the at the end, <laughs> no the guy is trying to flex. At the end, the guy's trying to flex his Jewish knowledge. He's like, look, I got you a bagel with just a schmear <laughs> of... <laughs> and, and, then, and then he's you just like... Know, you want to know what his, dang, what his like character arc thing is? Was he learned how to smoke salmon just for her. Yeah. Oh, so he can put on a bagel. Okay. Just a little, a little, a little lax for your bagel. And then, he, and then he goes... Uh, yeah, dude, that's just as hilarious, dude. We still got to cool. do that. Where's hey. my Haas and Pebbles? No. Of the Long Island Haas and Pebbles. I've been spinning around like a dreidel. It's like, oh, God, God, Chad, <laughs> shut up. That's yeah. a funny line from somebody's secretary. That's not, that's not the main character. would never say something like that. They never do that. <laughs> but it was the main character. The main dude learned how to smoke a salmon and like made her homemade smoke salmon. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm gonna let it go because they're just trying to. They're doing their best. It's Crown Media. It's not own. They don't have to be woke. Yeah, I. 
I mean, I, to be honest, I, and my, my family is, you know, we were in the food industry and my great grandfather, uh, on my, on my mom's side had like, he, he was a fishmonger and had a smokehouse and, you know, so it, it is in my blood, but I don't know anyone from, you know, my, my tribal friends. I don't know anyone, even though the really like in deep cooking folks who smoke their own locks, you know, because it's not just the smoking, it's also the pressing. And I, there's, I, yeah, I've talked to people who do this, but not Jews. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I mean, a lot of us have, That's you know, why it was stupid, David, <laughs> but they were trying. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, you know, I'll give them a little bit of credit, but the, the problem, see the problem with stuff like this though, is that then you know, you go back to the Midwest and, and all these Goyim are trying to get you to, to make locks for them. And and you're like, yeah, you want to, you know, my recipe for locks going to Jerry's 1695 a pound at the deli counter. <laughs> Bam. I made locks. Ta-da. Barely gets white people, right? <laughs> so They don't even know how to write for, for white folks. Yeah. These, these folks have jobs where you just like I know like a lot of my friends who watch these shows and like and I have two actress friends who were like always play like second bananas on the, in those movies they're like always the best friend of the female lead my friend Mary is the big one nice and she's always just like the scripts are so stupid and Mary Dolson her name's Mary Dolson <laughs> and she's the whitest white girl I think I know she's super blonde so beautiful but she's like 45 now, so she doesn't, she plays, you know, best oh, friend, mom. Grandma. Yeah, she's starting to get those yeah. grandma roles. Well, she's, we. She's about five years. And like, she's like, these scripts, they don't even get white people right. Why would they get black people <laughs> any better? <laughs> yeah, I suppose that, that is a good point. Uh, well, we are, we are definitely not Hallmark here, but we do care to send the very best and i i think that uh, that is that is some of what we did it's not just today's date today's show 10 out of 10 uh so <laughs> it, it I, I think this is a this is a good place to call it a day but i want to thank you guys for being with us uh it is always so much fun to have you guys on so thank you so much ed greer Thank you for being here. Where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? <laughs> well, um, yeah, Nerd Goat is is defunct right now, but we do have 150 episodes uh, on any podcast platform you want, and it'll set you up for the greatest pod, which is my my new venture. So I got the I got the uh, URL, I bought the domain and stuff, and we're and we're about seven episodes into our our pre run. You know, we're gonna start dropping them pretty soon. So uh, by the time you know, in about a month, you could probably look at my thing, the greatest pod. But right now, you can go to YouTube and watch reboot it we reboot movies in about an hour on the fly me and three other guys and we just we just do it as like a big improv game we have to reboot it by the time the the, the clock ends and a lot <laughs> and sometimes we fail we just failed trying to reboot twilight it it it, it hurt us it hurt us <laughs> to try to three guys or four guys trying to figure out twilight's mythology for a new generation and trying to trying to you know change it it was brutal. It kicked our ass in, and that's the that's the cool thing about the show is sometimes we lose. So it's like watching our show is like NASCAR. 
and uh, basically, but it's got a lot of intrigue. So reboot it. Uh, you check it out on YouTube or search on YouTube. Reboot it, Ed Greer, and uh, reboot it. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And at Edgar Destroys on Twitter and at, at Edgar Destroys on uh, Instagram, you can check out some of my new drawings and ads for my stuff. And I do have a Patreon, Nerd Goat Podcast on Patreon. Uh, we're going to switch it over so that we can do it with the new show. But uh, yeah, so if you want to contribute some shekels, go there. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, and, and, you know, considering Ed's uh, newfound uh, interest in baking, Send send the man some send the man some money so he can throw some cookies together. It's it's the least you can do. Thank you, Ed, for being here. So glad. Clee Wiggins, awesome to have you back with us as well. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? I'm not doing shit in person <laughs> until 2022, but uh, <laughs> you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Clee Wiggins, um, handle Grand Moth that bitch, and you can follow me on Instagram at Clee Wiggins SF, where you can see my cooking and a little bit of Ed's baking. Actually, one of my relatively recent posts, although it was still like a month ago, is one of is a bunch of cookies Ed made in the middle of the night. And <laughs> those are the best ones. <laughs> but yeah, so follow me on Twitter, Clee Wiggins on Twitter, and at Clee Wiggins SF on Instagram. Don't try to uh, friend me on Facebook because I will leave you on red. <laughs> wow. <laughs> A strong black woman. Thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you. It's, it's great having you guys here. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure to have you with us as well. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Time and Ship at Instagram, Time and Ship at Facebook, and Time and Ship at Twitter. I'm still working on I'm going to redo my uh, website. Uh, also, you can get my book, my East St. Louis on uh, Amazon, as well as my CD Universal Brother on uh, what is it? Uh, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify. <laughs> Had to think of where the damn thing is. Also, to Ed and uh, Cleve, you guys know of any? Uh, I'm looking for a literary manager for my script. So, if you guys know of anyone that I could get it to, let me know. No, I don't. Definitely, but I am a great editor. If you need an editor, oh. Well, I that, do that on the side. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, in case I need something uh, done, uh, you talking about you she can do well. everything from press releases to actual scripts and stuff. She's very, very good, very, oh. very much uh, a wordsmith person. And I'll edit it for content. I'll edit it just for gram- grammar and syntax, whatever you need. Uh, so you all your editing. You do, you do script coverage. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> So because we, like I said, what we're doing, we're we're tightening up the script because we know it needs tightening up. So mm-hmm. it's a thought. I'm a matter of fact, I'm gonna be talking to. We're on writer duet right now, so I'm talking to my producer about that. We're just trying to get a lit yeah. manager to um, get it out. Well, and so if we you uh, get it to uh, folks, if you need a white person to come in and take all the credit, I I've got some folks. Uh, <laughs> so I I I can't do it myself because you know too jewish but uh I, I got some white people who are just looking for for projects that they can co-opt and make money off of without doing anything uh so if you need that i can i can hook you up with those people right. Uh, right. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to need that, but uh, I'll keep your number. Thank, thank you for your input. Thanks. Well, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being here, Tom. It is, it is always uh, fantastic. It would not be the same show without you. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me online at Dr. David Robinson on the Facebook, on the Twitter. I am at Stand Up fall down and if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on facebook we are all spelled out let's be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the e's and pass the savings on to you the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening. And if you have the time, the platforms where you're not listening. We're cool with that. Not going to judge. If you didn't like what you heard, well, thanks for staying this long. Uh, and tell you what, you don't tell anyone about it. We won't tell anyone about it. Everyone's cool. We will be back next week in one form or another. Hopefully, you will too. Until then, goodbye! goodbye.